What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Um, okay. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast, especially um, because I know that so many things that are happening with my body and have been happening with my body and many of our listeners is not normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is perfect. If we're speaking in the context of your book, Is This Normal? Okay, give me your background because you are a doctor, but you also specialize in like you know, a lot of like West, or I'm sorry, a lot of Eastern medicine, correct? Yeah. Well, first, can I just like say that I really appreciate that you sing your words? Um, <laughs> I can do that too. And you're like singing right away. And I was like, we're going to jive. This is going to be good. <laughs> so um, I'm board certified in naturopathic endocrinology. So cool. integrative medicine, bringing in the best of everything we got as if it's a buffet and presenting it to the patient to meet their needs. And then I am also a trained sexual counselor. And that is very, you know, interesting background, especially when you layer on the fact that I'm also a nutrition scientist and that's where I started all of this. And so oh. that lends itself to a very holistic perspective when it comes to hormones and mm -hmm. women's health altogether. Okay. I just want to dive into PCOS and I'd like to know, okay, here's how I describe PCOS sometimes and tell me if I'm wrong. Do you know how there was a big influx of everybody being diagnosed with leaky gut? And it wasn't like one, not like a, a thing. It was like all these different kinds of things are happening and there's a lot of different ways to solve it. So we're going to call yeah. it leaky gut. I feel like PCOS is in that category where there's, it's many levels and many forms and many things affected and the symptoms can be different, a lot of the same, but there's a lot of different ways to fix it. And it's very specific for a yeah. patient. You are not wrong. In fact, I think that if the condition could be renamed, it would. Why? Why? Why is it could? There's been such a fight for so long just to raise awareness and get doctors to listen to the fact that PCOS is a real thing. And it's not just that women are not eating right and exercising and being lazy. Like it is yeah. a real endocrine and metabolic disorder. And so when you fought so hard for all that advocacy and then you start trying to change a name, then people are like, well, now we're basically starting from scratch. But you're not wrong because even the name polycystic ovarian syndrome, it's not cysts. There's not cysts on the ovaries. What they actually are are follicles. They're normal follicles, but there's just too many of them because your body's trying so hard to ovulate. And yeah. so it looks like 
wow, you have all these cysts, when in reality is that you have ovaries that just really, really want to work. They really want to ovulate and they can't because we've got testosterone and it's insulin leading to dysfunction. And the other thing is that, you know, there was this, like we now say lean PCOS, but for a long time, doctors would be like, uh, you're not overweight. You can't have PCOS. And it's like, well, I have high androgens and I have anovulatory cycles, like, or one of the I'm thinnest people I know just got diagnosed with PCOS. Yes. And so you'll see that. And then you'll see doctors who will also say things like, oh, well, it's because you gained weight that you got PCOS. And so <gasps> that is not how any of this works. Like, mm-hmm. and they're the same people like spreading the rhetoric. They have absolutely no background in nutrition, no education whatsoever. They've like, you know, a lot of these doctors, what really gets me is they've like never even stepped foot in a gym. And then they're telling women like, you need to eat less. You need to exercise more. If you weren't so lazy, like you wouldn't have PCOS. And it's a lie. I'm going to give you a real shitty story, which is that. <laughs> Let's go. I got my period when I was 10 and I would bleed for two weeks. I would bleed mm-hmm. through an overnight pad in and out. Yeah. Nobody knew my mom's period. Her whole life has been like a drop. So she was just yeah. like, I don't know what to do. Then I started getting very bloated, very tired and really nauseous. Mm-hmm. And we went to my pediatrician because I was fucking 10. Yeah. And so it's not like my mom was going to take me to the gyno. And he said, did you give her a pregnancy test? Mm-hmm. Our family doctor said this to my mother about her 10-year-old. Yeah. So we went to a doctor who found that I had a cyst the size of a grapefruit on my ovary and it popped yeah. and I was really uncomfortable. And then they just threw me on a bunch of birth control, Yeah. which then, you know, like the kids at school found out and the moms had a field day yeah. with that. And so like, and I would bleed like all over myself at school, but I was the only one. So, I mean, that's like, that's my like little kid journey with this shit. This isn't even what I had to deal with as an adult trying to get pregnant. So I can't imagine the stories that you hear constantly because I know that everybody feels really lost. I just got diagnosed with PCOS postpartum. Wow. Yeah. You know, through all of that, like the thing that really strikes me right now in the current political climate is here you are talking about getting a period at 10. There's legislators in Florida right now with their like, don't say period bill. And imagine going through that and not being able to talk about it. And then the shame and stigma, like, I mean, for the majority of my menstruating life, periods have been a way to not only stigmatize us, dismiss us, but also insult us. And so there's a lot of shame that comes with that. And then what you were speaking to with the birth control pill. So on one hand, we don't even have research to tell us what the heck happens to a child's brain. So anybody that's like younger than 20, their brain is not done developing and their brain ovarian communication hasn't hasn't finished maturing. We have no research to tell us what happens when we do that? Oh what my happens when God. we interrupt that? And yet, that. yeah, so there's like that piece, but then there's mm. also the piece of like your doctors, that's the only thing they have in their toolkit. They're like, mm-hmm. well, we have to do something to stop this bleeding instead of actually investigating it. And the big problem with that is that they just mask symptoms. So here you are postpartum getting the diagnosis of PCOS that somebody should have been working you up when you were 10, but instead mm-hmm. they slapped you with the birth control pill and sent you on your way and just basically, you know, kick the ball, like kick the can, punted the ball, whatever you want to say down, down the line to be like, we'll just deal with it when we, de- when we have to deal with yeah. it. But until then we'll just do this. And 
it's really problematic because what we've seen arise out of that is people who are like, I hate doctors and I hate the birth control pill because this is what happened. And then we've got people that are like, we should take it away because it's not even necessary that we're doing that. And reality is, is like, yes, we need birth control. And yes, we need to listen to women's stories and provide them options beyond just birth control pill. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. And you know this about me because I'm constantly posting about it. I gave AG1 a try because I was very much influenced by many of my friends on Instagram. And, you know, it's people who are like glowy and live these great active lifestyles. And I was like, I want that. And let me tell you, it's been incredibly helpful. I take AG1 first thing in the morning before I work out. And it makes me feel so good. Like it's this weird feeling. I keep saying this about it, but like it soothes my stomach almost. It's like my body's like, yes, this is what I want to be ingesting, especially when I'm traveling and my tummy can get a little funky. If I start my day with athletic greens while I'm on a trip, I am cruising cruising, especially since I don't really want to travel with a bunch of supplements. And by the way, Athletic Greens is all your supplements in one. It can replace everything because it has a daily multivitamin. It has minerals. It has pre and probiotics, which are great for our gut health. It has adaptogens and it has a green blend. So it's literally everything in just one scoop of powder. It also helps me save time and it makes my life so much easier with just one scoop in the morning. I just mix it with water. You can throw it in a smoothie. It's just a really seamless and easy daily habit. And if you are looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash best. That's athleticgreens.com slash best at checkout. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't, which means a lot of salt and no sugar. This stuff is my favorite. I love grapefruit. I get these delivered probably, I think it's like on a monthly basis. And when I tell you my cousins, every time they come over here, search my cabinets to steal it from me. I've put everyone on to Element. First of all, it just makes you feel so good. And that's because it contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio of 100 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. It has no junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no filler, no BS. When I tell you the electrolyte brand that I was taking before, which I would take, you know, during one of my hot yoga classes or the night before I would go to bed after like, you know, maybe being overserved because it always makes me feel so much better was full of sugar, full of sugar. Element has no sugar. The electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in your body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormone regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. Element can help prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness, and other common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency. I swear the reason why I'm able to work out so hard and feel good is because of element. When you sweat, the primary electrolyte that is lost is sodium and athletes can lose up to seven grams per day. So when that sodium is not replaced, it's common to experience muscle cramps and fatigue. I am cruising with this stuff. It's used by everyone from NBA, NFL, NHL, and 
me and my family. So that should be good enough for you. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packs free with any Element order. It's a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. My favorite flavor is grapefruit. I crave it. I can't wait to wake up in the morning and shake it in my bottle of water. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash Pia. This deal is only available through my link. So you must go to D-R-I-N-K-L- m n t dot com slash pia. It's totally risk free. If you don't like it, just give some to a salty friend. Get your money back. No questions asked. You have absolutely nothing to lose. I mean, at that point in my life too, I was a child. So mm-hmm. you know, I was. If I think now to like how I eat and how I make sure that I'm doing the right things for my cycle. I mean, my mom was getting me like frappuccinos every day after school, and yeah. I started to gain weight, and I was eating French fries, and I started getting acne, and like she was just giving yeah. me whatever I wanted to make me feel better, and it was really this like odd cycle. And I swear, the birth control then derailed so many. I mean, thinking about me being like an insulin resistant kid and what I was eating in high school. Like, of course I had ADD. Of course I was diagnosed with depression and all these things and then put on a slew of other pills where now I'm the happiest I've ever been and just eating right (laughs) and not, you know, really focusing on my cortisol levels and really, but I was so stressed and I was scared and the stress of my period made me more, I mean, I would have panic attacks constantly. I had yeah. crazy anxiety when I was really little, which is why they would give me antidepressants and all these things. And so, you know, I think it was so challenging for me to just be like a little girl that turned into a woman kind of too soon. And yeah, well, it is early. I mean, statistically, the average age is about 12. Um, but we see as young as eight, but it is something <gasps> that like, like wow. when you think, so I have a 10 year old boy. And he's starting, like, there's definitely moments where I'm like, oh, testosterone is starting to make appearances and, like, definitely, like, getting the little, like, preteen attitude kind of coming on, um, which I just have to laugh because as much as I'm frustrated, I'm also like, oh, it's an important part of maturation, but I'm annoyed by this. Like, just be (laughs) cool. Um, But to just think about, like, oh, wow, at his age, if he had to go through that and as a, as your mom, like she was doing the best she could, like who doesn't want to get their child like comfortable and out of pain, right? Like giving you the foods and like whatever you want. No one taught her nutrition. Nobody, nobody teaches us these foundational no. things. And really, you know, there's the big gap in the knowledge that she had or has likely still, because like, we're just, we've got a long way to go. It's a big reason why I wrote, is this normal? People ask me like, Oh, how young of a child do you intend this book for? And I'm like, I intend this book for no children because whatever conversations I'm having in this book, you should have first. This Mm. is not the kind of book that I want you to just slap in front of your child and be like, read and learn. I want you to read and you to learn and you to have the conversation and be the authority in your household so that when they are faced with things like extremely heavy periods or having anxiety, they're not going to Google. They're not going to social media. They're not going to their friends. They're going to you. And Mm -hmm. saying, you're an ally. You taught me about my body. Like, how can you help me through this? But it's a really, I see like doctors and I see society blame moms for like, they should have taught their their children about their bodies. Any of this stuff. Who taught them? Who taught them about their bodies? Like medicine has gate kept a lot of information and failed to do the research and to do their due diligence in women's health. And then 
you know, they get the blame the women for like not knowing that like this isn't normal, except that you've been saying periods are horrible to women forever. So like, yeah. who, who are they supposed to believe here? Yeah, totally. Because ultimately you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I kind of have for the most part, you can have a period that doesn't have to be awful, right? Like, yes, absolutely. I mean, I cut out coffee and I had no cramps my last cycle and mm -hmm. I cut out coffee in January. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, it's so some people cut out caffeine, their breast tenderness goes I away. I don't even have to cut out caffeine, away. just coffee. Yeah. Interesting. I know. Is yeah. that weird? Because I get that. Well, I, I don't can, think it's weird, but it's like what's true for you. From coffee. You know, I yeah. can feel the like I'm jacked up and I'm like, Duh! and I can the anxiety, yeah. I can feel the rush, I can feel the way it's such a stimulant yeah, yeah. for me where I don't feel that way with like a matcha or a green tea. Yeah. Well, the thing about matcha green tea, it has L-theanine in it as well, which is an amino oh. acid oh. that reinforces, let's be calm. And so you get this stimulation of caffeine. You also get these wonderful antioxidants for your brain, your ovaries, mm -hmm. your body overall. Um, but you don't, a lot of people say they don't get the same kind of stimulation from coffee. And with coffee, there's a lot of people who are like, coffee is just bad for women's hormones. And I'm like, that's not true. Oh. Okay. Like in general, it's not true. But for some people, mm -hmm. absolutely. So how do we evaluate what's true for me? Well, what you said, do you feel anxious? Do you feel hangry? Do you feel like you're gritting your teeth? Like, do you notice that you, fat you fatigue easily in the afternoon when you're having morning coffee? If you drink coffee in the afternoon, are you staying up all night? Because like, mm -hmm. spoiler, there are cultures who drink coffee at 10 o'clock at night and go to bed at 11. Like, yeah. and this exists. So if you are that person who's like, yes, I feel all those ways on coffee, then coffee isn't working for your body. Okay. Totally. And we can stay neutral about it. I feel like there's a lot of morality placed on food. In fact, when I was getting my nutrition degree, I remember this has really stood out to me my entire life where they were like, welcome to like one of the worst professions ever because Everyone's people so feel the way about, yeah, well, people feel the way about food that they do about politics and religion. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to talk about politics and religion, but everybody has to talk about food if they want to have a healthy and complete life. Like not mm -hmm. just like, oh, I look good. And you know, all that rhetoric we get, like I actually can show up in the way I want to in my life, reach my goals, be with my family, like do the things I came here to do. You, everything you eat becomes a part of you. And so we do have to have that conversation, but we can stay neutral in things. So there's people that are like, they hate coffee and oh my God, I love coffee and I love whenever coffee. I talk about drinking coffee, cause I'm not, I don't want to be one of those people on the internet. That's like highlight reel of like me living my perfect life. My life is not perfect. It's a mm. mess. A lot is like right now in particular, it's very messy. And I'm just honest about that. But when I share that I drink coffee, people are like, you are not a hormone expert because you would not drink coffee. And I'm like, you know, what's really funny is there's a lot of like experts in health who also smoke cigarettes and drink alcohol and do all of these things that are not that we know are not good for their mm -hmm. health. Like, Coffee has actually been shown to be beneficial for neurological health. Mm -hmm. Like um, if you have Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease, like these different neurological conditions, we come in with coffee as part of what we're using to help with that. So I think it's just very interesting how we vilify things. Like you were like, oh, eating French fries. Like that oil is not the best for menstrual cramps. That's for sure. Not the best for our mood and definitely not the best for our skin. But damn, aren't French fries good? Like I have French fries at least once a week. I make sure to have French fries. <laughs> I always get table fries, but oh, I have man. French fries after I have 
a big salad and I usually have my french fries with in the vegetables that I'm eating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what you do is you eat the fiber, you give your body the nutrient-dense foods, and that actually helps buffer the glycemic effect of the French fries. Um, So people know these kinds of starches, especially like once we take those potatoes and we fry them up, they can spike your blood sugar. And anything, Mm -hmm. so in PCOS, definitely problematic, but don't people act like PCOS is the only one that has to worry about it because when insulin goes high, this is one of your foundational hormones next to what the adrenal glands produce. It can cause issues with thyroid dysfunction, with adrenal dysfunction, and with your period altogether. And it's something that just like, even with PCOS, I don't feel like it gets talked a lot about. So in the case of PCOS, it can be that insulin that is driving the testosterone and the anovulatory cycles and basically like the period problems of your life. Mm -hmm. And there's an approach where people take where they're like, let's just get really strict and controlling about food. And I don't think that's the healthiest way to live your life. Mm -mm. There is a way I actually say in the book, like we're going to have our cake and our balanced hormones too, because I didn't come here I love for that. <laughs> like a life that was void of all pleasure. <laughs> but like seriously, there's this. Well, the like, ironic part oh, is just like stress eat. makes PCOS worse. So to have yes. an entire day where you're panicked about what you're eating, or you know, I mean, think about, and I'm sure you deal with this on a daily basis. But like when I first learned about PCOS, I remember my doctor saying, you know, so many women with PCOS have extremely disordered eating because a lot of them have had you know, um, weight on their body that they absolutely cannot get off. And you've probably tried every single thing to do so. Mm -hmm. And so alleviating that aspect of food for me and removing the guilt, if I want to have something, I was like, that actually like freed me because it took away the whole stress of eating. And I'm just trying at all times to control my stress and my cortisol. When you look at bags of dog food, you see pictures of bright carrots and juicy steaks. But when you open the bag, you just see like little gross, smelly pellets that you don't really know like what the ingredients are. Dog food needs some fresh thinking. Eating processed food for every meal is not healthy. And we know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it just an ultra processed food. And so sometimes you just need to try something fresh. Dogs will eat anything. Shoes, toilet paper, garbage, and even kibble. But just because they eat it doesn't mean that it's good for them. So let me tell you something. Why does dog food have to be dry or wet food? Why can't it just be food? And the real food that we are going to give our dog is the farmer's dog. It's real, fresh, healthy dog food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their natural value. I love my animals. I love them more than anything. And when I was ordering the farmer's dog... It's amazing how personalized it gets because you like pick your dog and you give them a little profile. And then you say, you know, do they lick their paws? Do they have this? Do they have that? Boom, 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 boom. And then they make the perfect little blend for your dog. They come pre-portioned. The meals arrive ready to serve packs conveniently delivered on your schedule. And dog people all across the country have ordered millions of meals from the farmer's dog. It's never easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. We have such a good deal for you. You get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at the farmer's dog 
dot com slash best. Plus you get free shipping. Just go to the farmer's com slash best to get 50% off. That's the farmer's com slash best. Go to farmer's com slash best to get 50% off your first box plus free shipping. Lather is clean skincare, hair care, and wellness-based products that have been around since 1999. And I tell this story every time, but in 1999, it was in eighth grade and my very cool babysitter, Anique, worked at Lather in Pasadena in Old Town. And I just thought it was so cool. And she would bring me products home. And it was the first time that I had like, you know, like adult products that smelled good. And I just felt so cool. And they were so incredibly like delicious smelling and the packaging was so beautiful. And I was like, I am a product girly now. The products contain zero synthetic fragrance. They're perfume free, yet they smell incredible. And they stay away from synthetic fragrance because it's generally created in a lab, often using toxic chemicals such as petroleum and natural gas byproducts. Lather has pledged from the beginning to never use synthetic fragrance or any other to never use synthetic fragrance in any of their products, even though 95% of the beauty industry does. They collaborate with nature and the latest scientific research resulting in uniquely effective products. Some of the best-selling products are the Bamboo Lemongrass Scrub. It's a foaming formula that acts as a two-in-one body product to both cleanse and exfoliate, and it is a 10 out of 10. You know what else is a 10 out of 10 that my mom and I have been using for over 10 years is the eucalyptus foaming foot scrub with pumice. I haven't really talked about this, but like I love to take care of my feet and that is my number one product. A lot of the new customers start with these products because they are absolutely to die for, but they also have the ultra mild face wash, sweet almond moisturizer, avocado mint foaming scalp scrub. Hello. It's like being in a spa. Visit lather.com and use code best at checkout for 15% off site-wide. That is lather.com and use code best for 15% off site-wide. Yeah, no, that is one of the most impactful things you can do for your hormones overall. So in the book, I have a diagram of how stress affects your body because I feel like doctors say all the time, like, get your stress down. Oh, you're probably just stressed. Now, I do hate that. I hate when a doctor's lazy and they're like, oh, it's just stress or you're just getting older or oh, you're a mom. Like, um, people could yeah. see me now throwing at my hands like ridiculous. It's really annoying. Um, but to understand how does stress impact your body, I very much believe that if you give people the information they need to make better choices and they understand the why they can make those better choices much Mm. more easily. Totally. And it doesn't become this like intangible, elusive thing of like, oh, stress, like, and there has to be talk about how there's stress that you can control and there's stress that you cannot control. And what we're doing in our day-to-day life, like trying to get good sleep, making sure that we are balancing our blood sugar by eating fat and fiber and protein at every meal. Like all of these things, they build resiliency to the stress you cannot control. But when we become hyper-focused on health or thinking that we can control everything, that becomes a stressor in itself. And so I give an analogy in the book of like, we've got these scales, like the old school scales where you balance things out. And we want to be making like the the choices that are towards optimal health. And I say in there, but if all you're doing is trying to fill that one side with optimal health, 
it also becomes imbalanced Mm. because now that perfectionism has taken over and you've lost the joy. And we see this rhetoric of like, food is fuel, like don't eat for pleasure. Like, why do you think I have receptors for pleasure? Like, why do you think my body evolved in this way? Because that's part of the full human experience. I get most of my pleasure from meals. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a total foodie too. Like Uh, like I'm in Paris, like sharing beignets. I'm like, I'm going to eat a beignet. And people are like, isn't that like sugar and fried stuff? And it's not good for your hormones. And I explain. I had protein, I had fat and I had fiber. Like I fueled my body first with the nutrients it needs. And that's something that like I've taught my children as well. So my oldest, whenever he wants something to snack on, usually he's like wanting some dark chocolate after dinner, like who doesn't? And he will say like, oh, can I like have this? And I just ask the question, like, have you nourished your body? And if it's after dinner, like, yeah, that's an easy yes. But sometimes in the day, I will hear him be like, oh, I want to go like snack on this. And he's like, wait, I haven't nourished my body yet. Like oh. maybe I should have an apple and then I'll have that. And Fabulous. he like goes has, and makes- Has autonomy choice. for wanting to make good choices for his body because you gave him yeah. the information and it makes him proud to do things that are good. We live in a very um, like divided society. So there is not really like- it's especially with the way people judge each other on Instagram, which I can tell you've been through with you said, you know, a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, so Lord. like uh. what really doesn't happen here is balance. And that's really what never gets explained. That's yeah. really like kind of what this country. Uh, if we all were just like, there's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That works for most people or. We can do a little bit of this. If you're, ba- I always just say, I, as long as my baseline is good, you know, I start with a good baseline. So, you know, yeah. when I couldn't get pregnant uh, before I got pregnant years ago, um, I knew nothing about any of this. And you'll mm-hmm. love this as it's, you're just going to really love this. I was uh, fasting every day. So I only ate between like two and maybe 8 p.m., gave myself a six hour window. I um, bet you were really enjoyable to be around. I was I shining personality up <laughs> on bulletproof coffee. I was only yeah. doing hit workouts. Mm-hmm. I was inflamed. My period was crazy. I wasn't yeah. um, losing any weight, um, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get pregnant. I hadn't had breakfast in years. Like I would go, I'd have breakfast, you know, Sunday brunch, but like the idea of having breakfast felt like dirty to me. So. Yeah. Tell me, (laughs) explain to me and our listeners, um, everyone is clearly very individualized, but what do you know are some day-to-day things that most women should be doing to optimize their hormones? Yeah. Well, and I first want to acknowledge that everything you just shared, if you were a man and maybe even a postmenopausal woman, absolutely be healthy, right? It works for my sister Um, who's postmenopausal. She's never felt better. Yes, exactly. And why? Because the hormones are no longer cyclical. Mm -hmm. And when you have cyclical hormones, especially, so, okay, everything that you just said, fasting, that is sending the signal from the environment. There's not enough food present. If you are fasting during your late follicular phase, less of a problem. If you're fasting during your luteal phase, which is that couple weeks before your period, between ovulation and your period, like that is so hard on the body because your caloric needs actually increase by about five to 10%. You become 
mildly insulin resistant. Okay. It's not like majorly significant, but it is enough that you feel more hungry. Progesterone is rising. Estrogen's taking a backseat and serotonin can fall. Estrogen is a um, mild appetite suppressant. So progesterone is like, let's eat more. The body's like, there could be a baby. We don't know. Most people are hungry during that time too. And that's when people will say, oh, whatever. Like I'm hungry. I'm just not going to, you know, because it's all I, I don't about want willpower, to gain any baby. weight. So I'm going to stay away yeah. from that. Or like, I'm tired. You're more tired during that time too. Right. And that's where I feel like most of them would be like, oh, just do it. I got to, I got to, I got to still yeah. get that workout. But like your body's telling you to chill a little bit. Yes. And it's important to listen to that signal. Like even, so this is what's interesting is the average individual is like push no matter what. An athlete knows that you've got to have recovery time in order Mm. to push the next go round and to have those achievements. And so we're not teaching the average individual that it's not about willpower. It's about listening to your body and working with your body. And so one, so in terms of fasting, a 12 hour fast, which is what like a very normal thing. Um, but not everybody's doing that because they're like late night eating and th- there's different reasons, but this should be just like a normal way of being about a yeah. 12 hour sp- fast where you just don't eat after breakfast and, or excuse me, you don't eat after dinner and then you eat breakfast in the morning. Like eight That's to eight is so normal. Yeah. And it's great for your gut health. It's great for so, so many aspects of your health. If you are someone who has adrenal dysfunction, so you are popping off in the middle of the night, some cortisol and the difference between a hot flash and a hangry flash is Mm -hmm. that you wake up hungry, you wake up irritable, you may wake up panicked. If it's just a hot flash because of estrogen, you wake up hot, maybe sweaty, maybe like, ew, I got to go take a shower. Like um, anyone postpartum has probably experienced yeah, this. I know what he told me like, about that. I'm, when I came home from the hospital, by the way, that I was going to wake up drenched. <laughs> and smell. And be like, what do I smell so bad? <laughs> Hormones. And so that can happen in perimenopause when estrogen is playing with you. So with that, okay, so there's the aspect of like, eat, like that's the that's the kind of situation of like, you want to eat a little something before mm-hmm. bed. And that's actually where... Um, instead of like a uh, uh, upgraded, you know, coffee, we do like upgraded golden milk is the recipe I like to get where oh, it's like perfect. you're having turmeric. It's great anti-inflammatory. Cortisol loves it when you have anti-inflammatories coming in. And you also add some collagen, which is rich in glycine that helps you stay asleep through the night and then add a fat of your choice. Maybe it's some ghee, maybe it's some avocado oil, maybe it's a full fat milk. Um, and then having like a little bit of honey. And that's something that may be able to help sustain your blood sugar so that you can sleep through the night while you work on healing your adrenals. So this is a situation where it's like fasting is not for you. If you're pregnant, fasting is not for you. Yeah. And there are people that are like, I did keto and I fasted during pregnancy mm-hmm. and all of that. And I was hungry. And I'm like, you know, that is really hard on the body. Like pregnancy is hard enough. Like don't be harder on your body than you have to. And those signals were actually your body saying, this is, would you please just meet my needs? So we've got the like fasting aspect. Then there's high intensity interval workout. Um, also can be great during that late follicular phase when mm-hmm. estrogen is up, testosterone is up. Um, and you really can do this like at any time in your cycle. But what you may find is that it's harder in the luteal phase. Maybe you don't push as hard. Maybe you only do like one round or something. And that's still a win. But with that, that is sending the signal from the environment, your unevolved body, okay? You're not as evolved as our society is, doesn't know, like, are we not eating because it's a famine? Are we working out this hard because there are predators around? Yeah, because we're chased the by a lion. Yeah, exactly. And it, with that signal coming in, your body, which has the capacity for 
making life, which is very strenuous. Uh, anybody who's a mom knows like um, babies are bad when predators are around. They're really noisy. They don't sleep. They slow you down. Like your body knows that your body's like the environment is not safe for us to have other humans. My priority is you. You need to be safe first. Once you're safe, then we can move into that way. And so I hope what I've illustrated here is one, it's not you. You're not broken. You're not the problem. It's not, we are constantly be shipped into these male models of how we're supposed to be. And that fasting isn't necessarily bad. And uh, high intensity interval training isn't bad, but done at the wrong time of your cycle mm -hmm. or when your hormones are not at a place for that. It can, it can be the wrong thing for you at the wrong time in your life. Parallel is a huge constant in my life. They've targeted doctor-made daily vitamin routines that are conveniently bundled into cute little packets for different stages of your reproductive life. There really isn't anything that Parallel makes that you cannot take at some point in your life. There's a general women's multivitamin pack. There's a product for anyone trying to conceive, which is what I'm taking. And by the way, we're not even trying to conceive until like end of summer, but everyone that I've talked to who's a doctor has told me to just take these months in advance. Um, and so I have been, and it makes me feel like more confident. You know what I mean? They also have packets for each trimester of pregnancy because mom and baby need different nutrients at different stages. And you know, I'll be taking that. And they have a mom multi-pack for postpartum, which I brought with me to the hospital. I took it the day that I gave birth. Each pack bundles multivitamins formulated for a woman's specific needs, targeted supplements for that specific stage, and omega-containing DHA and EPA. Like for example, the General Women's Multi, uh, which is the Women's Daily Trio, is a pack of three vitamins, multivitamin and omega, and a beauty blend for your hair, skin, and nails. The Conception Support Pack, which I'm taking, has two prenatals, an omega, a CoQ10 capsule that can support ovulation and egg health, and a folate capsule that supports early stage pregnancy. And I've said this a million times, and I'll say it again. I was doing my own research realizing and being told by doctors that I needed CoQ10, that I needed folate, that I needed a prenatal, that I needed all these things. And I was buying them all separately, which was very expensive and just like kind of trying to figure out how much I should be taking. And Parallel just does it all for you. The same thing with the PCOS support product, which is one of my favorite things about Parallel because they have boutique add-on products so you can further customize your routine. And as a PCOS girl, I was taking... Berberine separately. I was taking DIM. I was taking inositol. This has both kinds of inositol. It has DIM. It has everything. And I was taking these things totally separate and like going to dinner with like multiple giant bottles in my bag. And Parallel just does it all. They are my go-to. They're fabulous. I even have Davide on the men's multi, which is the only vitamin I can get him to take. Exclusively for everything is the best listeners, Parallel is offering 15% off your first three months with code BEST15. So head to Parallel.co, that is P-E-R-E-L-E-L.co. -E if you don't love it, cancel anytime with a 30-day money-back guarantee. We had game night once a week growing up, and it's like those memories are my absolute favorite, and that's obviously one to, you know, do the same for a little Melabella. That's why I love a KiwiCo. KiwiCo is defining the future of playing by making it engaging and enriching and seriously fun. And it really solves one of the biggest problems I felt when I gave birth, which is just like, I want to play with my daughter, right? But I don't know why playing felt so confusing because I was like, I want her to learn things and I want her to have things that 
inspire her and are good for her growth, but are also really fun. And like, what is that? And that's what KiwiCo does so well. It delivers crates packed with fun. It sparks creativity with like these kid-friendly topics and fun activities. You can engineer a robot and learn about science, or you can do like little cooking stuff. There's interesting topics for every kid and real hands-on skills to explore. The cutest one we just got, like I was just saying, it was like all about cooking. And that's something that I really wanted to introduce her to. And so I'm so happy to have this darling little kit where I I can, I don't know, bring her in the kitchen and feel like I have the tools to teach her how to do the things that I love the most, which is the best. As a parent, it can be so hard to find those creative ways to keep your children busy. And Kiwi just really does like the legwork for you, which is amazing. It's encouraging your kids to be innovators and creative thinkers and the coolest stuff comes in these kits. You just won't believe what you can build and accomplish with KiwiCo. I want you to redefine learning with play and explore hands-on projects with your kids that build creative confidence and problem-solving skills. And you can do that through KiwiCo. You can get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line at kiwico.com slash best. That's 50% off your first month at kiwico.com slash best. How do I ask my boss for a raise? I'm so jealous of my coworkers promotion. I just don't know what to do. Is there a good way to brag about my accomplishments? Careers are complicated and there are so many hush-hush topics we're told we can't talk about. That's why you have the Career Contessa podcast. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and each week I'm joined by experts to help you overcome your workplace woes with actionable advice that you can use today. Subscribe to the Career Contessa podcast and make progress in your career every Tuesday. What are some things on a daily basis that you recommend... I feel like you have so many, by the way, your Instagram is full of a lot of tips. You focus a lot on the adrenals, um, which I like was like looking at your Instagram a couple of days ago. And I was like, damn, like I really need to get like, I don't do anything for my adrenal support. Like I don't have any supplements or anything. And I probably should. I focus. Yeah. I can see we're both wearing our aura rings. Like yeah, I- <laughs> <laughs> <Twin> in it, <laughs> which I had a 93 sleep score last night. Thank you. Um, oh man, like for people who know, they know, they know. <laughs> um, so what are some kind of things almost on like a daily basis that you, you know, that are maybe like a practice in your life as a mother? And I mean, listen, I think a lot of us will say our stress comes from, well, listen, we have environmental stressors and we have work mm-hmm. and family and you are a perfect example of someone we should be listening to because you have children and you clearly have a job <laughs> and are very busy. <laughs> and so I'd love to know kind of like what you do and what you recommend for your patients on maybe like we could go through like a daily basis and then maybe like in the different phases that are really helpful. Yeah, totally. I go through all of this. There's a 28 day program too, where I take you through like week by week. Um, so like behind the scenes, I don't know if I talked about this with anyone, but like I was writing this book with a baby strapped to me, like Mm -hmm. on a walking treadmill desk, like I walking treadmill, like that's redundant, but I have a treadmill desk. Um, and so I would like, it's like, I love it. The baby too. Yes. And like you're walking and walking is such underrated exercise. Like I I always say that, you know, I did this Instagram post the other day and, um, I invited people to come fight me, but, uh, people (laughs) tried to fight me in my DMS, but they would not fight me on the page. 
um, heaven forbid people uh, see them like shame women. Um, but I was just talking about like you, you, hypothyroidism, but just as one example, like when you're in a healing phase and everybody's out there saying like lift weights, like go hard, like do the hard things. That is true information. Lifting weights is fantastic. Your muscles are, an, it's an endocrine organ. It's going to help with insulin sensitivity, which is also going to help with your sex hormones and with your thyroid. I mean, it's just amazing, amazing organ tissue. It's a tissue of longevity, yes. However, when you're in a healing phase and like you have to focus on like slowing down, regenerating, repairing tissue, that's not the way. Or if you don't have hormones that can, so thyroid, for example, actually help you repair that tissue. So I just want to um, say that everything I'm going to say right now, this is like a good general guideline, but I want you to ask the question, is this true for me? And is this where I'm at in my life? And is this even reasonable? So mm-hmm. waking up in the morning, first thing would be lovely to do is can you just focus on some deep breathing? A lot of people per the research tend to roll over and look at social media, tend to start scrolling. And what you do when you look at social media is you let other people set the agenda, the tone, and really what the, the vibe is going to be. Oh, that's a good, I've never heard anybody say that. Because I, I am a scroller. I, I'll take yeah. a couple deep breaths. I'll look at my husband and I'll say, I love you. I'm so thankful. And then I go right into it. But I will remember that when I wake up tomorrow morning, I will hear in my head that you said, I'm letting other people set the agenda for my day. That's very Absolutely. powerful. Especially like if you say anything controversial or like you have an account like that has significant following or whatever, and significant following can be like 500 people because- Because you know you're waking up on- to- a chance that there are people firing off at you. Oh yeah. Yeah. And saying like hateful things. And then like, here's like, just for everybody to understand, like really like you got to be in a bad place to come on the internet and be hateful to other people. Like you are not healthy. Like cross the board. I've been talking about this all morning. I don't, people came at me last week actually, because I had someone on the podcast and they said, you know, do you, what are your hobbies? And I was like, you know, my work is kind of my hobby. I don't have any hobbies. And they were like, do you go to therapy? And I said, no. I do. I don't have a weekly appointment because my schedule is crazy, but I have a therapist that I talk to and I talked to my therapist for a long time this morning. And the topic of internet boundaries came up because if it's not just me, (laughs) no, I get a bad girl. And, but everybody does everybody. There isn't a single person that I know that hasn't had some sort of Trauma. By the way, my friends who like live in San Francisco and have like private Instagram accounts are going through it with like moms in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like it happens yeah. to everybody. Um, but it's it's it says more about the person than it does about us because there's Absolutely. no part of me who would ever go on the internet and say anything mean to somebody else. And it it would really take a lot for me to care that much to be that triggered by what somebody else is doing and then to try to hurt someone is far beyond my comprehension and so um I am sure whatever is coming at you as a person who's trying to make women feel better Mm -hmm. I must be not supposed to do that (laughs) very hard thing for your brain to even try to comprehend and digest Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, to this point, like people, so, you know, people will say like hurt people, hurt people. It's Mm -hmm. true. Like this person's not well, if they're on your page, they're hating on you. They're saying awful things. They probably wouldn't even say to your face, like they are not well and their healing is not your responsibility. You are not responsible for their healing, delete, block, disengage. But there are people out there 
who are like energy parasites who are like, oh, these people block and like they don't want accountability and that's why they block. No, they block because you're bad for their mental health and nothing is worth compromising your peace. So bye, bye, you're I done here. Completely. Um, yeah, but like, it's so funny because I have a therapist as well and I've talked to her about this and I'm like, am I the only one who like struggles with this? And she's like, oh my God, the majority of my sessions, social media is coming <gasps> up in some way. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not like, cause I thought like, oh God, it's because like, you know, I'm out here like saying controversial things sometimes. Like, you know, we should listen to women. Oh my God. That's so controversial. Like, or that like, you know, even I had a post recently, um, I was on the, uh, model health show and he put out this great clip just talking about the question was about sexual desire in women and how many men are like this, what you're talking about doesn't even take into account men. They never even thought about men, blah, 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 blah. And how many of these men I had to respond to and say, so the researchers who proposed this model are two men and they first did it to describe men. And they're like, oh, well, you didn't say that. Like you, I'm like, you can't say everything in a clip, friend. But like, if you hang around, you're going to learn uh, a thing or two. But like, why are you so mad at me right well, now? Yeah, like, what is going crazy. on? <laughs> but anyhow, we should get back to like, okay, so morning routine. No, but I think it's important because I think we all need to set that boundary. So being able to wake up and say, like, I'm not letting these people, whether or not you're a mom in San Francisco or Ohio, or are you like, and that I think means for people who are the people who make the mean comments, like you shouldn't be looking at somebody else's Instagram. You shouldn't wake up and and consume that either because if it's setting you up so much, this is firing up your cortisol. This is your hormones. Like, well, what you've done is you've you've shifted into from parasympathetic, which is that rest, digest, make wonderful hormones into the fight, flight, or freeze. And when you're going online and you're popping off, you're fighting, you're in the fight. And so with that, now we're like, we have to run cortisol, epinephrine, norepinephrine. As you push into that over and over and over, the body starts to say, you know, this progesterone that makes you feel chilled out and calm, but it's also like associated with pregnancy. Let's make more, like, like, let's make more cortisol. Let's make less of that progesterone because we've got to survive here. And so waking up in the morning, even if you can't do the deep breathing, because maybe you're like me and a toddler decides to like dive dive bomb your face. I don't know why this is his new thing, but like uh, throat (laughs) checking me in the morning is like where it's at apparently. But you know, I don't always get to wake up and be like, let's do some deep belly breathing. One hack I do have is um, picking like a song for the day. And I have like my playlist on Spotify of like songs I just like. And so if I'm just like, man, I'm already getting in a funky mood and I've been up for five minutes. I'm like song of the day. What's the song of the day? And it's just really smart. Something. Yeah. That I put on that can shift my mood. I can get up. I can start moving to it. So dancing, feeling that joy in my body that helps start dissipating stress right away. That song could come back on. Or if you're in a moment and it's stressful, like you can just start humming that song to yourself because that can actually take your nervous system back to where you were of like, I feel good. I'm in a happy, good place. So mm-hmm. how you start the day is really important. And it's, and like, in a lot of ways, food isn't even like the most important thing. Like when your eyes wake up, like it's about like, where is your nervous system going to be? How are mm. you going to set the tone for the day? If you are someone who journals, I recommend journaling at night and writing down, like, what is your intention for the next day? Reading that before you read social media, because if the habit is to scroll then to just say, just don't, <laughs> that's funny. We're humans. We, we like these really? habits instead reach for the journal, read that, give your eyes and your I mind. I love the idea of doing 
of writing what I want to do for the next day, the night before, and then waking up and going into that right away, seeing that for, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to do that because yeah. sometimes I'll free write and sometimes I'll do this, but I haven't really had something that's been consistent. And I just had, my therapist was like, you need to start writing the night before what you want to do the next day. But I, yeah. I love the intention of reading that first thing in the morning. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be a journal. You could put a sticky note on your phone. That's what she said. She so was like, when you go notes. to grab your phone, you're like, sticky note, stop me. Love you, sticky note. But like, it doesn't, like, I feel like there's um always this idea, like how wellness is like um portrayed on social media, right? And it's so beautiful. And people have like the best stationery. <laughs> like they even have their nails done just so that when they're writing yeah. with their pen, it's like so beautiful. And I love that aesthetic. And I am never going to be that aesthetic. I am oh. not going to be that. No, aesthetic. it's very so, soothing to watch, but it is. Yeah, yeah they get a little ASRM months. going with like their nails and crackling, and you're just like, oh, this is this is all the things. Um, so, but that's like, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way at all. It just has to be whatever works for you. And if it works for you, share it because it might work for someone else. But also, just like know that like it doesn't it doesn't really matter what it looks like. What it matters is what it feels like. Yeah. Um, and does it feel like you are happy in the morning and you're moving into that place. And I just want to say, like, I'm saying this right now as, um, so like, I'm just going to say it, that I am on day five of a miscarriage. Like I just had a pregnancy oh. loss. Thank you. It's, um, been a really, really hard journey. And this time around, um, I actually took medication. I took my husband going to five pharmacies and like begging so that I could get it in a place where it's legal, but because like, there's just such issues and stigma around this, but like there was no heartbeat and there was malformation. And it was like, I just couldn't go. I was like, this time I can't just wait for my body. Like I can't, I just need to like move through this be done. Also, mm -hmm. I have a book coming out and I thought I'd be announcing a pregnancy. And instead I'm just like, feeling that all the things you feel with a miscarriage and still having to show up. And today I was doing an Ask Dr. Brayton and people are like, how are you? Like, you look great and all this stuff. And I was like, I'm horrible. Actually, I'm absolutely like really just trying to hold it together and focus on everything I need to do. But I'm not going to come on here and lie and act like, oh, this really traumatic thing happened. And also I'm just like totally fine, you guys. And so I want to share that because even now as I'm sharing this to, with you, it is not always easy to wake up every day with positive thoughts. Life hands you shit sometimes and you still have to do the work to really overcome that. And so I think sometimes when we get to talking about all these things, we forget about the fact that like there's people who are grieving. There's people who are going through divorce. There are people who are in the thick of it and not even talking about it. And we're telling them like, change your thoughts in the morning and deep breathe and all of that. And I will tell you that like, Man, like there was just a couple of days ago where I was like, I'm just going to lay here and cry like the ugliest cry. And I just I don't have it in me. And just honoring that and then moving through that, I was like, OK, now I can rally again. But sometimes in this entire like holistic wellness space, like the thought is, is that it should be perfect. And then, you know, there's this lie. People are like, if you're in gratitude, like then you can't feel anything negative or like if the, this is no, like you can feel so many things at the same time. Like I'm scrolling TikTok and seeing like these creators who are exactly the same and they're huge creators. So like always on my freaking FYP. And, um, th and I love them. That's why they're also on my FYP, but like 
they're exactly where I should be in pregnancy. And I am so happy for them. And I'm so hurting at the same time. And so I just want people to know that the dichotomy can exist and you can be moving towards this like positivity and you can be moving towards like trying to take care of your nervous system. And you can also just have moments where you're a complete puddle on the floor and you're breaking down and you're in like the floor is literally like the hardest place in our house. And that's where you are. You are in the hardest place right now. And you can be gentle with yourself through all of that. Thank you for sharing. I'm so sorry. I'm scared to start to get pregnant again because it took me so long the first time. And I'm just like, okay, like, you know, there's going to be a big likelihood that something that's very exciting for me will come to an abrupt end. And am I in the mental place for that? Like, am I in the place where I can recover from that? Because yes, we have jobs and we have children and we open up our phones to fucking assholes. And it's- And then we're trying to keep it all together to keep ourselves balanced and keep our whole families moving. But you're right. You have to honor those moments. I didn't do a good job of it with my last miscarriage. I went to work the next day. Oh, my my very first one, I was in with patients the next day. Um, and actually, there were people who had been trying to get pregnant and they were pregnant. And I, oh, that was like my God. And, um, Yeah. I was like, I just was sitting there being like, what the hell am I doing here right now? Like I, the, I am hurting so bad and I'm like, I'm so happy for them. And I'm also in so much pain. And I just, and I honestly, the biggest thing is I was God bless your heart. I just felt so guilty. I couldn't be completely present with them. Like if I felt so guilty, I could, they deserve that. Like they're coming to see me. I should be present with them. But I was like, I just had this moment where it was like nobody ever taught me as a doctor how to like how to be breaking inside and still showing up mm-hmm. for people. And honestly, I should have just taken I was in the emergency room like the day before. Mm-hmm. And like there I am, like going back to work. Um, it just, yeah, it's it's wild. But it is something that like can we even just like for a moment as a society, like recognize there's like how incredible women are that um, in everything they do, showing up as mothers, showing up when we have Mm -hmm. loss, showing up when we have terrible periods, showing up when we have like crippling depression, like, and we still show up and we still provide care and we still do all these things. And I was saying to my husband last night, like, man, there is such this like patriarchal, like hold on me in some ways to where I'm like, I really just like feel like, I mean, I took the weekend off and I like, I'm actually speaking at a conference for like three hours this weekend. I just, I feel like I want to cancel like everything. And at the same time, I'm like, I don't want, there's the, I don't want to let people down. And also I love what I do. And it's really nice to have the distraction, but I'm like, there's also this little part in my mind that's like, do not let men be right of why women cannot succeed or can't totally. is because, oh, they're emotional or their bodies. Or yeah, they, mm-hmm. exactly. They can't just like handle it. Whereas like my husband is definitely grieving right now too. I kind of feel, um, I mean, at times I feel kind of like guilty and like bad because he can't be in his grief as much as like he probably needs to be because right now I'm like, I'm in my grief and I have all of these things to do and I really need your support. And he's stepping I'm happy you brought that up because my husband was very devastated. Yeah. Yeah. Very devastated. And not all men are evil. There are some very wonderful, I mean, not all people are evil. There are some wonderful people on this planet and 
clearly you have a very supportive husband and as was mine. And he was very upset and just very attentive to me, you know, but I didn't really even, I just like, he followed my lead, but I know that that was really hard for him too. And we have no playbook for men in all of this. Like, and that is something when people are like, oh, you know, men suck. Oh God. Yeah. Some of them are totally like just trash, like awful, like people in general, but like there are people like that is people, right? Yeah, that's just people, but there's yeah. also like, there's a lot of issues, generationally speaking, of us not teaching and showing men what does it look like to have emotions? What does it look like to show up and support somebody? Um, and, you know, in my book, I talk about like, it's so funny how many interviews I go into where people are like, oh, like women are not having orgasms because men suck and da 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 da. And I'm like, so I like, you might not have read the part in the book where I'm like, I don't think that men like who are in these partnerships or are, are in relationships with women are really intending to withhold pleasure. It's because no one has taught them about oh. women's bodies, about the vulva, about all of these things. And that's really the big issue that comes up so often in relationships is like nobody taught them. And now as women, we're like, well, we're in a place where we can expect more and we can expect better. But also like we sometimes have to handhold in what is this, what does this look like Absolutely. for me when you're already so exhausted. And like in this instance, like you're already in your grief and you're like, oh my God, but I have to tell you what I need on top of that. Like, mm-hmm. yes, because this is new for all of us. Yeah. Cause think about the, you know, the step from grandparent to parent to, you know, our generation of men. I mean, the difference is unbelievable, (laughs) you know? So now like as mothers, it's really our job for this next round for your son, for you and your husband, you know, we have like, I always talk about getting pregnant. It's like, like, it's almost like, uh, by the way, like getting pregnant is almost like this very egotistical thing, right? Because you're like, I, I love my husband or I love my partner so much. I think we are so great and our love is so strong that we should make another person. But I'm like, yeah. we kind of forget that like, and it, it hit me very hard when I was pregnant. I was like, I'm so responsible for putting a better person in the world. And that means yeah. that I can't like snap. We had so many conversations about this and we're really good about it. That means that like, you know, my mom lives with us, that I can't snap at my mom if I don't want her snapping at me, that I can't snap at my husband, that the way we talk on the phone, like if I'm on the phone with somebody in my car and maybe we're talking about somebody else, that like, that's a conversation that I can't have and shouldn't have. little ears are soaking up for sure. Those little ears, even if she doesn't understand it, she feels the energy around it, you know? So it's this whole level of becoming like, your, your best self 2.0, because you have to, otherwise like, yeah, your child is a reflection of you. Totally. That's something that, you know, in the beginning, my husband was like, you know, we never like, we, I don't want to fight in front of our kids. I don't want to like, there's just, we try to say that too. (laughs) His perfection limits. And I just laughed. I just laughed. I remember him saying to me, like, we're going to stop cussing. We're never going to cuss in front of our kids. Um, spoiler for everybody. Um, it's wrong that only uneducated people cuss because I got a dirty mouth hanging out with a lot of PhD people. Like, and it was like the higher I went in education, the more the F word was utilized in sentences. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are definitely moments. And I just joked with my husband. I was like, fine, then I'm never driving the car. Like, (laughs) Um, but I was like, you know, 
my thing is that like, yes, like there, like it does, you do become like a better person, right? Because you have to be. <laughs> Hold on. I think we should get back to, because I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I, w- um, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I think we should get back to, um, the day things. That, yeah. Because I want, yeah. because I feel like I could talk to you for the next like five hours, but I want to mm-hmm. make sure that like our listeners we set up a promise and I, that's why I was like, we should probably talk more about that because they're going to get big mad in the comments. They're going to be like, she never finished. <laughs> okay. So we're starting our day with some boundaries and perhaps we're doing our best, even if we don't have some boundaries and we need to feel our feelings, but we're starting our day with the intention to just do our best. Right. Absolutely. What else? Yes. What else are we doing? So what are you going to eat first thing in the day? It, you know, going to be cereal. Well, friend, you're probably going to have a big blood sugar str- like spike. And like, I definitely grew up eating cereal. So Thanks. I'm not judging anybody, but really the best thing you can do is protein load in the morning. And I'm a big fan of vegetables in the morning because we really want to get six to nine servings is the ideal. Is that going to happen every day? No, but that's our goal on average of a daily basis. And one of the ways to hit that is to get your vegetables first thing in the morning, because then whatever happens in the day, you know, you at least got some vegetables in. So eating a meal that is higher in protein. And if you're eating those vegetables, you're going to get the fiber in there as well. That's going to keep your blood sugar optimal. If you choose to have coffee, it's also going to help with that as well. And so having that meal set for the day is going to set your glucose for the day, your insulin for the day and your cortisol. So as you're making breakfast, can you expose yourself to sunlight? So first thing in the morning. I did both of these the things day. this morning and I'm so proud of myself. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't want to brag, but fuck yes. I already did. Yes. I already did what you're told me to do. Awesome. And so exposing ourselves to sunlight is because that's going to help spike your cortisol in the morning when it should spike. And so uh, that sunlight is going to degrade melatonin, which melatonin and cortisol are always in opposition. Not like they're fighting each other, but like they're going to be on opposite ends of the spectrum. So in the okay. morning, cortisol comes up, melatonin goes down, and that is going to help tonify the circadian rhythm. Mm. And as we're doing that, that's going to help the rest of the hormones start functioning optimally as well. So that's like first thing getting going in the day. When are you going to get movement in? It's totally up to you. Like within a couple of hours of bed, that might mess with your deep sleep. Not the best idea. But if that's when you're like, I've had a stressful day, I need to move my body, go for it. So we want to have some level of physical activity. If it is just walking, try to get seven to 10,000 steps in a day. So this is why I have a treadmill desk. Yeah, because honestly, it's impossible to get fucking 10,000 steps in. Like I've come to the conclusion that in lot like it's it takes i mean that's over an hour of walking yeah so, so I, I need a walking yeah. i need one of the treadmill things yeah i walk i will walk usually an hour um the other thing too is sometimes just chasing my toddler around totally it adds I, I actually had um i had like a horrific flight uh to la and it was like 18 hours of travel and we had a four-hour layover and i thought for sure like i'm not gonna hit my steps today like i'm not gonna get any movement I walked 15,000 steps that day just with a toddler in the airport. And Amazing. Like, what? Amazing. What? Um, yeah, I'm like, imagine that just going back and forth. But either, either way, you know, get the movement that's going to work for your body. Walking absolutely does count as exercise. Yeah, absolutely. Training. Yeah, strength training like three to four times a week. 
absolutely wonderful um, to get that in. But what the thing about walking is that that cross body action of moving your arms and legs actually helps mm-hmm. your brain, both lobes kind of de-stress, integrate you know, thoughts and feelings and emotions and interactions wow. from the day. And so I really hate when people discount walking because I'm like, it also moves your pelvis. And in this society where we sit a lot and we've got, where do our ovaries live? They live in our pelvis. Um, oh, it's just it's blood really flow. Healthy. Exactly. Exactly. So we want to get movement in every day. We want to get our water in every day. So usually like two to three liters is like just a good, you know, you know, range for that. If you work out, of course, it's going to be more. If you live somewhere really hot, you're sweating a lot. It's going to be more. Um, just because you're somewhere cold doesn't mean you don't need to hydrate. Cause especially if you're sitting inside with heaters that can be, we're very inefficient as humans of holding on to water yeah. compared to like our dogs. They're much more efficient. So making sure that we're hydrated. So this is something that might be like, oh yeah, of course, but hydration has a huge impact on your adrenal glands because they have the job of making aldosterone, which helps govern your, your blood pressure. And that's going to help with your electrolyte balance, with your fluid balance in the body. So dehydration can be a stressor. Oh, and so yeah. the, you know, the, this is like, you know, of course, when we have stressful things come up, do the stress reduction technique that works best for you. Like there's a lot that we could say in the day, but I would say like wrapping up in the evening is as important as how you start your day. So making sure that, yes, we want to sleep in a dark room. Yes, we want it to be cool. Yes, we want like pajamas that breathe and, and you know, sheets that are not itchy. Like these things are important, but we also want to start like processing the stress of the day and getting that moved out, whether that is doing some movement in your body, whether it is doing journaling, whether that's talking to your partner, these kinds of things going to help the nervous system so we can start calming down. When we're in that dark setting, that allows melatonin to come up cortisol to come down so you can get that restorative sleep, but also melatonin is a very potent antioxidant. So as we talk about fertility, super important for your ovaries. Are there, I just want to end with this because I just feel like you mentioned like how good collagen is for us, you know, are there any supplements or besides, you know, getting a lot of protein, drinking our water, um, getting in good, healthy fats, vegetables, are there other things that you, you know, if you were even going to say to a friend or a patient, like, Hey, like buy some collagen, just throw it in your coffee or throw it in your smoothie. That's really good for you. You know, or or is it ginger or, you know, what are your go-to pantry staples that you think all of our gals need to have? Yeah. Okay. So this is a great way to ask this question. Cause what I get asked all the time is like, what what are your top three supplements people should take for their hormones? And I'm like, well, it depends on what's going on. Totally. And in the book, you can work out what hormonal issue you have going on. And I will give you the nutrition, lifestyle, and supplement protocol that can help with that. Um, but it's a frame of like, what are just like baseline staples? Okay. Baseline. Like, just this be is a baseline what I, like, I recommend. This is what I live by. So Omega-3 fatty acids, definitely have those unlocked. They make for easier periods, much better moods, uh, less period poops. Like who doesn't want all of that? And magnesium helps with that as well. So magnesium glycinate specifically. I'm a big fan of like 150 to 300 milligrams that can help with like PMS. It can help with your mood. It can help with um, sleep. I mean, just like I'm a big magnesium girl. What doesn't it do? It's like so amazing. So Mm -hmm. those are two I definitely love. B vitamins, um, whether that's coming like, so there are like adrenal supplements that have adaptogenic herbs in them. 
um, that will have B vitamins as well, or taking a B complex. So vitamin B6, great for your progesterone, vitamin B5, mm. great for the adrenal glands. Um, so I think a B complex is really helpful. And then I'm a big fan of N-acetylcysteine. It's an amino acid that's a precursor to glutathione. Glutathione is like the mother of all antioxidants. I take that first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. Yeah. And NAC has been shown in PCOS to not only help with fertility, but to reduce the incidence of miscarriages in some people. So I'm not saying like for everybody, I just want to be like really clear about supplements that they're not medications and they're not meant to be used as medications. They're meant to support your body. And so I just think that's important because sometimes people are like, you know, we, we talk about like magnesium is good for their mood. And then they're like, I'll just jump off my SSRI. And it's like, well, there's a way to do that. And that's not it. So mm-hmm. just to be very mindful. And a lot of times you can use these supplements along with other things that you're doing. NAC is one that like, it is, I mean, it even helps the tears of your eyes be more antimicrobial and protect oh, them. Wow. It can help with, um, would you NAC do glutathione and NAC or they're kind of the same? Um, so NAC is a precursor to glutathione. It would depend on what's going on. If I have somebody that has like autoimmune disease, for example, or they are trying to get pregnant, they've been struggling with infertility. I might just, I might bring on NAC and additionally some sublingual glutathione, like that's a liposomal. So it's much easier to absorb. Um, it just depends on like what we're dealing with. So like in the case of like a low AMH anti-malarian hormone, that's showing that like, Oh, you might have low ovarian reserve, like bring on the antioxidants, like cool. glutathione, CoQ10, EC, um, you know, just basically like how many fruits and vegetables can you get in? Cause those are floated with antioxidants. I have seen people shift their AMH after their doctors. Like you can't do IVF because your AMH isn't great. And then like six months later, the doctor's like, this is amazing. What did you do? And it's like, well, I did the things to support my ovarian health. So, um, yeah. So in terms of supplements, those are some of the big ones that I would say that like they work for men, women, like no matter who you are having those things, like the magnesium, the omega-3 fatty acids, the B complex, those can really go a long way in terms of supporting your health. And then, you know, beyond that, we can really go in and look at like, you know, if you have an excess estrogen issue, we might want to have the trifecta of DIM, sulforaphane and calcium deglucurate. Um, if you are having adrenal problems then that vitamin C, we're going to take you up to like sometimes a thousand to 4,000 milligrams in divided doses. So it just really depends on what is going on for you specifically so that you can support your body in the way that it needs. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. This book is clearly such a wealth of knowledge. The fact that you can kind of identify where you are and be put on a protocol is incredible. I'm like so excited to get this book in my hands, truly. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear what you think. And thank you so much for what you shared with everyone today because- we usually don't share those things and we should because you had to record a podcast today. Yeah. <laughs> to well, your book and you could be, you know, it, it just shows how resilient we are. That, and I think we need to normalize normal conversations. I mean, that's a lot of what I'm doing with this book, but like, this is a normal human experience. When you consider mm-hmm. one in four women to have a miscarriage, it is a normal part of our experience. Yeah, it is another aspect that we're told to be ashamed of and to not talk about. And it is hard enough to have loss, but then to have to suffer silently, I just think is too much. And like, it's not like I want to use my body as a mission to like end stigma and stuff like that, but just like, how can I expect 
How can I tell people like we need to normalize these conversations if I'm not willing to do that myself? Well, thank you so much. It was really great to talk to you. So great to talk to you. Thank you. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.